is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Is there anybody who actually came because you just needed to hear a word from the Lord this morning? Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Truly blessed to have this opportunity to be here. Um, and it's truly <laughs> humbling when you can be invited by what I consider my, definitely my father in the faith. Um, age of 11, growing up west side of Chicago, and if it wasn't for New Hope Bible Church as a whole, yes. and in particular this man of God right here, I'm not standing here today, mm. guarantee it. Um, his thirst for discipleship is, is definitely what I've been blessed to kind of replicate in my own life. Um, by day, I'm an assistant principal mm. at Plainfield North High School. Yeah. I'm blessed to have several of my students and their families here today. Amen. Um, amen. 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 I don't take that for granted. Amen. And definitely counted Definitely one of my number one honors to be married to this beautiful woman of God right here, Charnel yeah. Weathersby. All right. Amen. Amen. Pastor Gerald taught me many, many years ago, a smart man always acknowledges the woman of God. Um, yes. I definitely yes. do my best to give credit where credit is due. She's, she's blessed me and been my rock for going on 12 years in mm. June. Yes. Wow, 12 years. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Two beautiful children, Sydney and Winston Weathersby. Um, and just, just honored, just honored to be here this morning. Um, when Pastor Drill called and he said, can you bring the word? And, you know, I've always been taught, always have a word mm. ready to go. Yes, um, and the theme that he, he communicated was the theme of all things will be made new. Yes. All things will be made new. And I don't know about you, but our world could definitely receive a touch of all things being made new. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but everything is not perfect mm. in my life. Mm. I don't know about you, but I have a couple of trials hmm. and tribulations that I'm frankly just tired of dealing with. Well, um, but God is, God is good and his grace is sufficient. Yes. Amen. 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 So the text that we will be coming from this morning is John chapter four, verses 46 through 54. And in a moment, we will get to that. I just wanted you to prepare for that. But seeing that 
We have just completed our celebration of Black History Month in February. I thought it would be fitting to provide for you some research that is applicable to today's message. As many of us know, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863, theoretically freeing the slaves here in America. Seeing that many of those newly freed slaves could neither read nor write, they were dependent upon the declaration of others to inform them of their newfound freedom. June 19th, 1865 is considered the date that the last slaves were informed of their freedom. Although rumors of freedom were widespread prior to this, the actual emancipation did not come It's a General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas, and issued the order. Almost two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the original document. Two years of working and living in bondage when the pathway to freedom had been secured and was made available. If we connect the physical declaration made in 1863 to the spiritual declaration made by Christ on the cross, the results are pretty similar. We have individuals in our communities across this country and across this world who are living greatly below the Lord's original intent for them. But the Lord has sent me here today to declare to you this morning that all things are being made new. Not just some things, not just the surface things, but all things. Turn to your neighbor this morning and declare all things. Okay, you got to say it like you mean that thing, all things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, I come before you right now, humbled behind your cross, for your people have come to hear a word from you. We might have on our fancy Sunday attire, but we're hurting. Mm -hmm. We may have a smile on the exterior, but inside we have issues. Mm -hmm. So, Lord God, I cry out to you. Yes. Speak a word that is both relevant and applicable yes, Lord. to each and every person in this room. Meet them in the moment of their need. Provide the strength they need. If someone's in this room who doesn't know you as their savior, today let it be the day they trust you. For Lord God, it's not about me, but it's all about you. Because you have come to declare that all things will be made new. Lord God, have your way in this place. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54. May you please stand as we read the word, if that's okay. 
like to definitely give reverence when reverence is due. And I'll be coming out of the New King James Version. Once again, that's John chapter 4, verses 46 through 54, and it reads, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water into wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see wonders and signs, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go on your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. And he went to him and sent him on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, your servant lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, his fever left him. So the father knew it was the same time in which Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And he believed himself and his whole household. You may be seated. Praise God for the reading of the word. So the scene is set. We have a nobleman who researchers and scholars believe has traveled at least 20 miles to meet Jesus of Nazareth in Galilee. This nobleman has reached his breaking point and is in desperate need of answers. The scriptures don't reveal to us the level of stress or anxiety that this father may have been experiencing prior to meeting Jesus. But whenever I'm reading and studying the word, I try to put myself in the shoes of the person that I'm reading about. So as we saw earlier in verse 51, that this nobleman is in a position of authority and power. In verse 51, it says that he had servants. Therefore, it is safe to conclude that he understood the power of words, the power of making a declaration and anticipating the process of it becoming a reality. So my question to you is one that I believe he also struggled with. What do you do when the Lord's declaration has yet to match the reality of your situation. Mm, I'll say that again. Yes, sir. What do you do when the Lord's declaration has yet to match the reality of your situation? Mm. 
Despite his son's condition, he made up in his mind that Jesus may be someone of authority who could heal his son. Verse 46 states that Jesus had previously come to Galilee and infamously turned water into wine. Many of us know the Sunday school story. So this nobleman, like many others, had heard about Jesus from a distance. Some of you are here today because you have heard about and seen the Lord work from a distance. You've been living vicariously through other people's relationship with the Lord. You are here today because you just want to see what all the fuss is about. You have heard about the love yard sale that will take place on Saturday. As members of this church, dig deep and donate three items of value so that the needs of their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ can be met. Others of you may be here because all hell is breaking loose and you have come here because it's your last option. But like the nobleman, you have come to implore of the Lord to lay your request at his feet. But I'm here to let you know that you are in the right place. The Lord abounds in grace and he is ready to bestow his mercy upon you in the midst of your storm. He knows, he sees, and he cares. So after working up the courage to even approach this miracle worker named Jesus from Nazareth, take a look at how Jesus responded to him in verse 48. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Now on the surface, Jesus may seem to be coming off as impersonal and unapproachable. I can only imagine the crowds that have begun to form as Jesus travels from town to town. Understandably so, Jesus is checking for the true motive of the people who are continually crying out to him. And we've all been there. Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I will. Am I the only one who's prayed that at least a couple of times? We continually, whether believer or non-believer, may find ourselves frequently in positions where Christ has become our only last option. We try everything else and then God. We seek everybody else and then God. We literally call everybody else and then God. But seeing that God is all-knowing, I believe he's asking this question to test and reveal to the nobleman his own intent and motive. Why are you seeking my provision? And can I trust you if the answer is yes? I would like to stress to you that the Lord is not offended by your sense of urgency. Look at the nobleman's response to Jesus. Sir, 
come down before my child dies. I can almost hear him thinking to the Lord, Lord, I do not have time to play games. I do not have time to be religious. I do not have time to go through the motions. I have made my way to you because I'm desperate and you are my last option and my only hope. It's almost refreshing to see the transparency and honesty in this man. And look how Jesus responds in verse 50. Jesus said to him, go on your way for your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. Yes, Lord. So not only did this nobleman put himself in position to be blessed, now he's receiving God's provision. So a lot of times in our lives, we put ourselves in position but are we prepared to receive God's provision? Take your time. He cried out. Mm-hmm. He implored of the Lord. Mm-hmm. He, he made his request known. Mm-hmm. He didn't have this deep philosophical type of presentation. Mm-hmm. It was very short and to the point. Mm-hmm. Lord, my son is dying. Yes. Can you please? He was basically saying, Lord, I've traveled 20 miles to get to you uh-huh. by faith. I don't know you've never seen you. I heard you did something at a party one time and water became wine. And and your reputation has gone before you, Jesus of Nazareth. And I'm here. Imagine the the thoughts going through his mind as he walked, because there's no cars, as he made his way to to meet Jesus. I'm sure doubt crept in somewhere. What if he's not there? What if you can't get to him? What if he's too busy? What if he's not all that you hope he is? Anybody been there before? When your need seemed bigger than God's capacity? And many times it's just a situation where we view God too small and our problems too big. Yes, sir. So when God says, I've come to make all things new, mm-hmm. maybe it's just your provision. It's your perspective mm-hmm. that he's come to make new. Huh. I like that. He may not take away your need. Mm-hmm. He may not take away your issue. But for some of you today, you may need to leave here with a renewed perspective on how you view the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We say it often, but do we truly believe and therefore live out of what we say? We say that God is all-knowing. We say that God is able. But do our lives reflect that reality? Or is it just something we've learned in church along the way? So I believe We can learn a lot from this nobleman by putting ourselves in position and then being able to receive the word that God is speaking. Once again, it said, 
The nobleman made it plain. Sir, come down before my child dies. My child is going to die if you don't intervene. So my question to you is, what situation is going on in your life that if the Lord doesn't intervene, the worst case scenario will become reality? Once again, after having experienced 12 years of marriage, I've seen marriages fall off along the way over 12 years, not because we're so great, but by God's grace, he's continually forced us to make our requests known and say, Lord, if you don't intervene in the midst of two sinful, broken people, this is not going to work and we are not going to make it. But we have to put ourselves in position to receive what God was so willingly and ready to offer. And I believe that as we put ourselves in position to receive God's provision, he is checking our hearts this morning. And he's saying, if I bless you, are you going to actually stay with me? Because for many of us, we're just in it for the blessing. Can I be honest? Yes, sir. You're just in it potentially for the yes. And unfortunately, our, <clears throat> some of my brothers and sisters in Christ will get up and use this pulpit to proclaim a prosperity message that says, if I do this, God is now obligated to do this. And don't get me wrong. God can do what he wants to do. God, I believe, is willing and ready to bless us. Ephesians 3 says more than, our eye, more than we can ever understand or comprehend. So it's not that God does not want to bless. The question is, what is your motive? And if the answer is yes, can he trust you with yes? Can he trust you with provision or are you worshiping the provision? Because there's a difference between worshiping the provision and the giver of the gift. And God is saying there's more yeses where that came from. But can I trust you with a yes? Or are you so caught up in your need that you forget about me? Or you will only come back when you need. The, the scriptures don't say anything about the nobleman necessarily coming back. But God was able to respect and acknowledge the faith in which he came. The faith to say, I'm willing to walk 20 miles to get to you, God. Now, it may not be 20 miles for you, but God is calling you to overcome something to get to him. Yes. How many of you Man. know that some of the best fights start on a Sunday morning? Uh-huh. Because Satan is trying to do all that he can do to keep you from getting into position. And sometimes position is making your way to church just to hear a word. Some of you traveled five minutes. Some of you traveled an hour to get here this morning. You had to press through. If any of you have small children like I do, Lord knows you had to press through to get here this morning. And God wants to honor your willingness to be in position because he knows your cry. He knew your need before you knew your need. And he's saying, 
I'm able, but can I trust you? Are you willing to get in position to receive God's provision? Whatever that is for you this morning, I'm here to let you know that he knows, he sees, and he cares. Amen. So as we get back to verse 50, once again, Jesus has just said, go on your way for your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus had spoke to him and went on his way. I love the action words in there. Because Christianity is all about action. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm here to give the disclaimer, majority of the action should take place Monday through Saturday, uh-huh. amen? That's right. That's right. I was always taught that this Sunday morning is like the spiritual hospital. Mm-hmm. You've been beat up all week. You come here to get your wounds cleaned up mm-hmm. because the real fight is when you walk out, amen? That's right. That's right. That's right. Each of you have a sphere of influence that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a student at school, whether you have a job and you have co-workers, whether you're a parent, everybody has an opportunity to be faithful within their sphere of influence. So when God says, go on your way, your son lives. And he says, so the man believed the word that Jesus had spoke to him and he went on his way. So he's in position, and now because he was in position, he has received the word that Jesus spoke to him. But I wish I could have been there to see the look on his face. By faith, he went to find Jesus. By faith, he implored and boldly communicated his need to Jesus. But now is the moment of truth that we can all relate to. Do you truly expect the Lord to answer your prayer? Do you truly believe that he can make all things new? So by faith, he traveled 20 miles to get to Jesus. But now starts the road back home. 20 miles back. And all you have to gleam on is to go on your way. But once again, this is an, um, scholars say um, this nobleman potentially could have been an officer in King Herod's army. So he's a man of stature. He's a man of authority who's used to giving declarations and commands. So when he says soldiers go, they go. When he says do this, they do that. He's, he's used to allowing his word to reflect a certain reality. So therefore, he comes as an officer, as a nobleman, and approaches Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, Sir, I'm pretty sure he doesn't frequently refer to anybody as sir. But as someone in authority, he recognized and respected someone in authority. So when Jesus told him to go, On your way, your son lives. There was power 
in those words from one man of authority to another man in authority. So I'm here to let you know that whether you're low or high, whether you're broken or walking in the season of fulfillment, God is able to meet you right where you are. There's no prayer request that you can present to him that is too complicated for him. Whether you're the CEO or the janitor, he can meet you in your moment of need. So whether you're a Fortune 500 CEO, he can meet you there. Whether you're preparing a presentation for millionaires, he can meet you there. Whether you're down on your luck and not sure how you're going to pay the bill next month, he can meet you there. Amen? Regardless of the trial, my God is able. Amen? Anybody believe that this morning? As a man married with two beautiful children that I deeply love, I can only imagine the stress and pressure that this nobleman is feeling right now. I can only imagine the conversation that he must have had with his wife before leaving this, to go on this journey. By faith, he believed that his son was healed because Jesus said it was so. And I'm reminded of a declaration that Jesus made on the cross when he said, it is finished. And as we approach this Easter season, sometimes, and I'm guilty, it's very easy to become too familiar with what truly transpired on the cross. I think a lot of times people give the gospel presentation and they say, if you don't want to go to hell, pray this prayer, and we pray this prayer, and then we find ourselves leaving church that day, not truly grasping what it means to forsake all and follow Christ. And I was always taught that When we make a declaration to follow Christ, you have now etched a spiritual bullseye on your back. Because you've come from darkness Mm -hmm. into light. And though all heaven is rejoicing, Mm -hmm. all hell is upset. Because they have lost you eternally. Mm -hmm. So their biggest goal now, Mm -hmm. because they know you won't be in hell with them, It's to allow you to go through as much hell as possible here on earth. Amen. So we have this nobleman and Jesus has just declared your son lives. So now he has a 20 mile walk back to Capernaum. Amen. And in verse 51, it says, and as he was going. Not when he made it home, uh-huh. as he was going. The Bible, and I think the, the Lord is very clear, your walk with him is a fluid, uh-huh. moment by moment, uh-huh. step by step, yes. 
opportunity. Yes. He wants to speak all day, every day. Mm-hmm. His ear is attentive to your cry, Psalms 34 says, all day. Yes. We have continual contact with God if we utilize it. Mm. But at the same time, it's a two-way street. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Not only does he give us the opportunity to have contact with him, mm-hmm. he desires to have consistent communication with us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that means you pray. And then you got to learn to be quiet long enough for him to speak. Amen. He doesn't say you can't implore him. Mm -hmm. This man walked 20 miles to make his request known. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But my challenge and my question to you is, when's the last time you've been quiet long enough Mm -hmm. to hear a response? Mm -hmm. He's heard your prayer. Yes. Have you heard his answer? Mm. And I'm here to let you know that his answer will never contradict his word. So if you're if you're praying a prayer Mm -hmm. and you think you've heard an answer Mm -hmm. and your answer does not line up Mm -hmm. what the scripture teaches. Uh then you need to check that answer. (laughs) Amen. He is not going to call you to represent him in a way that is not biblically accurate. That's right. Because as we all heard time and time again, he does things in decency and in order. So therefore, my challenge to you, once again, and as he was going, Mm -hmm. his servants met him. And told him, saying, your son lives. So while he was walking, each step being a step of tremendous faith, his servants met him to confirm his faith. Your son lives. So my question to you is, what is on the verge of dying in your life? What situation is on life support in your life. Maybe it's your finances this morning. Maybe it's the health of a loved one this morning. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your your place of employment. What is in desperate need of the God of heaven to breathe life into this morning? Because he knows already. The question is, will we humble ourselves to be in position to receive his provision. I love the way the nobleman thinks because many of us would have stopped at the point of the servants declaring that your son's alive. Mm -hmm. But in verse 52, he says, then he inquired of them the hour in which he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday, Mm -hmm. at the seventh hour, his fever left him. So now the father knew. Somebody say knew. Knew. That that was the same hour in which Jesus told him, (laughs) your son lives. And he believed and. Somebody say and. And. 
and his household. It's not enough for just you to believe. It's not enough. If I camp out with the men for a moment. Mm-hmm. Come on, walk down that street. Mm-hmm. He believed. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's my understanding as I try to put this in perspective. When he left that morning, mm-hmm. his son was dying. Mm-hmm. And he himself was without Christ. Mm-hmm. So therefore, his son is dying. He's without Christ. Mm-hmm. And his whole household is without Christ. And though that may not be you this morning, what about your neighbor? Mm. What about your co-worker? Mm. But by the time he leaves the presence of the Lord, his son is healed, Mm -hmm. and he believes. But he didn't stop there, Uh amen? He could not allow this breakthrough to stop with him. Mm. He said, oh, no. Mm. (laughs) If this God can heal my boy, Mm. not only am I going to believe, but this beautiful wife of mine, get in this room. I got to tell you what just happened. I got to let you know what this God that I didn't know yesterday did for our house. Yes. And it takes courage mm. to lead your household. Mm-hmm. Because we have this word out here today. You don't mind if I preach a little bit. Come on, take your time. Come on, God. The S word, mm. as, as, as is said in marriage circles, mm. submission. Mm. Um, once again, his wife doesn't know Christ before he walks back through that door. But because I believe he potentially came back through that door with a glow Mm -hmm. that he did not have, Uh with a bounce in his step Uh that he did not have, with a smile on his face Mm -hmm. that he did not have. Can I get some help this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When he walked through that door, I believe that his wife saw something different. Amen. I believe that his other children potentially saw something different. And I believe they may have said to themselves, my daddy left here down and out. My husband left here in tears. But look at what this God has done. And if this nobleman can humble himself and cry out to God, and that God heard his prayer and answered his prayer, if my husband Uh is willing to break down and humble himself, then who am I not to? So, fellas, after 12 years of marriage, I'm going to let you in on one nugget of truth that has blessed me and humbled me at the same time. Mm. (laughs) Wives... And this is general, but I've seen it work too many times not to share. Mm. Have no problem submitting mm. when we give them something worth submitting to. Mm. Say that. Yes. Mind if I say that again? Say it again. Wives, for the most part, mm. have no problem <laughs> submitting 
when we give them something worth submitting to. Not that this nobleman wasn't a good man before he left. But now he was a God-fearing man when he came back. His wife, I believe, saw a difference. His children, I believe, saw a difference. I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe that those under his authority, when he went back to work, saw a difference. When a man assumes his God-given rightful position as the leader of his home, as the leader in his community, everyone will stand up and take notice and say, I don't know what it is. Mm. I don't know what happened. Mm. But whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and however it happened, Uh I want what he got. So just like the nobleman, The Lord can turn your situation around in a blink of an eye. He can provide for you quicker than you can get the need out. Mm. But can he trust you? you? You're here in the right place. Mm. You've put yourself in position to receive. Mm. So he put himself in position. He received God's provision. Then he went back home and he proclaimed Mm. God's provision. Some of you have stopped at receiving. Mm. And God is saying, why won't you tell anybody Mm. about what I've done for you? Mm. That trial that you want no one to know about Mm. is the breakthrough that your coworker needs. Mm. They need to know where I've brought you from. Mm. They need to know what I'm capable of doing If you trust me. But so many times, we let our ego get in the way. We let our job job description get in the way. And God is saying, will you humble yourself long enough for me to speak to those within your sphere of influence so I can get the glory that I deserve? Yes. This week presents another work week, ladies and gentlemen, another school week. And the question is, will you proclaim his provision? Will you step out in faith and declare this was my need and look at what my God did? Because it's not about us. It's not about us. It's all about him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that Jesus raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you are a believer today, when's the last time you led somebody to Christ? Think about that for a moment. When's the last time you walked somebody through the saving grace that saved you? And when I asked myself that question, I was humbled because I haven't been as intentional 
as I could be, given the spirit of influence that God has given me in this season of my life. But yet it's a challenge for all of us, me included. If you are saved, when's the last time you've led somebody to Christ? Or who are you currently discipling today? A lot has been invested in you. Very fine looking group of people I have in front of me. But the question is, who are you investing into? Who are you building up? And you might say, but if you knew my issues, that's the best place to start. That's right. Because those who God has placed in front of you need to see God working in the midst of. In the midst of. Thank you so much. So as we bow our heads, and we close our eyes, my question to you is this morning, do you know the God that this nobleman came to know? If you died today, Would heaven or hell be your destination? I'm the kind of preacher that likes to get straight to the point. You've come here today, and God knows your situation. You've pressed through, and you've made your way, and you've put yourself in position to receive provision. But the best provision that you could ever receive is to walk out of here knowing that if you were to die today, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know Christ, have been received by Christ. You, you believe what he did for you on the cross, which is he died for your sin in your place. Yes. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He didn't wait for us to get it right. He didn't wait for us to get ourselves all cleaned up. In the midst of our mess, he died. And it's the same today as it was over 2,000 years ago. He stands with his arms open wide, saying, come one, come all. Believe in what I did on the cross. Believe in why I did what I did on the cross. Trust in me and not in yourself. Dedicate your life to me. And I will make you fishers of men. God has a calling on each and every one of your lives. But the question is, will you answer the call? Will you walk in his authority? Or will you continue to stumble along in your own? He didn't come to make everything easy. 
He came to make all things new. So under the sound of my voice, if you know that you only know him from a distance, like the nobleman, today's your day. You can do more than just know about him. The Bible says that you can come to know him. Yes. Intimately. Yes. Personally. Yes. You don't have to pray through a priest. You can have access 24-7 all on your own yes. to let your petition be known with boldness and clarity. But today's the day. You've already pressed through and you've already made your way. So if today's the day that you want to get to know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then we can help you with that process. But my second challenge today is for the man and woman of God who knows Christ, but is not walking faithfully in his calling. You're not proclaiming his goodness. You're not sharing your faith. And therefore, some of your co-workers may have no clue that you know the Lord. Some of your classmates, some of the people in your house may have no clue that you know Jesus because it's lacking fruit. The Bible says that we will know a tree by its fruit. And you may be here today saying, my tree hasn't bared fruit in quite a while and is on the verge of shivering up and dying. But God has come to breathe life into your situation. He's come to rekindle that flame of intimacy that you had when you first accepted Christ. He's come to give you a renewed focus for his kingdom like never before. He's been speaking, but you haven't been listening. But today's a new day. Yes. So as we all stand, I'm going to pray two prayers. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, you can silently repeat after me. And if you do pray that prayer of salvation, I beckon and I call upon you to find myself or Pastor Gerald before you leave here today so that we can get you plugged in accordingly. But I also want to pray a prayer over the believer today because you are here and the Lord has challenged you today. And I pray that you walk in obedience to that challenge this day. So for the non-believer, as you repeat after me silently, dear Lord, I need you. I'm lost without you. 
I've tried it on my own. And I need your help. If I die today, I would spend eternity away from you. But I believe in what you did for me on the cross. In the midst of my sin, you died for me. In my place, and I receive your sacrifice. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that you rose your son from the dead. I commit my life to you as a follower of Jesus Christ. And with all heads bowed, if anyone prayed that prayer just through a raising of hands, declare today if that was you. Amen. Now for the believer. Heavenly Father, I cry out over each and every person in this room that knows you. Father, you have blessed us more than we even understand. And you've called us to be a blessing. So I pray this week, like never before, that you will open up opportunities for us to let our light shine before men. And we will intentionally look for them. I pray a special prayer that you will not let us rest until we're doing right by you. You will not let us rest until we're investing in someone else. Rekindle the flame. Spark the fire. Renew our spirits. Meet our needs, both spoken and unspoken. As we put ourselves in position today, we receive and we will proclaim. For you are worthy of all the glory, of all the honor. And all the praise. Yes. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray.